The NFL draft is complete. I'll give you my winners and losers. And the second round of the NBA playoffs has begun. I'll give you my predictions. It's win or lose. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Win or Lose. I'm back, Tim Bedgood. Hope everybody had a good weekend and a good week. The NFL draft just took place over the weekend. Interesting draft. A lot of defensive players. A lot of defensive players. This wasn't that star-studded offensive draft this year with the quarterbacks, the receivers, the running backs. There's a lot of good defensive guys, the big uglies, defensive interior to improve your team. And I thought it was a pretty good, interesting draft. I think a lot of teams got better. Some interesting picks. Uh, Kyler Murray went number one to the Arizona Cardinals. To nobody's big surprise. I mean, they picked a quarterback last year with their first pick. So it was kind of, you know, a surprise that they gave up on. Josh Rosen, a guy they picked last year so quick, but they added a new coach, and you know, he feels like Kyler Murray is going to be better for his offense, so they made him the first pick in the draft, and I don't have a problem with it. Sometimes you got to get, you know, what, what you're comfortable with, what's best for you and what's best for your team. I think he'll do good. Uh, second pick was Nick Bosa. He went to the 49ers. Defensive guy. And they just had a run of defensive players, you know, in the first round. Uh, with that being over, you know, we kind of talk about, like, you know, who we think did good in the draft. And, you know, it's kind of too early to say, like, who did bad as far as, like, picking players because we don't know. We're just going off potential right now. We don't know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. So it's kind of hard to say who really lost the draft. It was a couple of teams that made a couple of reaches. But I wouldn't say, like, Nobody really flat out like stunk up the draft and made horrible decisions because it's, it's still too early to tell. But I'm going to go through, you know, a few of the teams and a few of the divisions and tell you who I think improved their team. I'm going to start off with the AFC East. I think the Buffalo Bills improved by, you know, getting some offensive help. They was one of the worst, you know, teams in the league as far as like the offensive line. They drafted a quarterback in the first round last year. So get that offensive line taken together and help him out. I think they did pretty good, you know, defensive tackle Ed Oliver. He's a top five pick. They got him with like the eighth or ninth pick overall. So that was a good pick, you know, him falling to them. Like I said, they got the offensive line taken care of because LaShawn McCoy looked like he was, you know, was done. I don't know if that is that him or was that, you know, about the Bills offensive line. So they got that help they needed. Uh, the New England Patriots, of course, I thought they had a great draft. They lost Gronk, so they went out and got a big receiver. They got a good cornerback that was a first-round talent with Joquan Williams out of Vanderbilt. They got Chase Winovich, the defensive end from Michigan, one of my favorite players that was in the draft. I think they're going to be better. That was a good, you know, they might even got Brady's successor, you know, Jerry Stidham from Auburn, the quarterback. So who knows? I thought New England did pretty good. I like the way Buffalo and New England did good as far as the AFC East. As far as the AFC North, I thought three teams had pretty good drafts in this division. I thought the Baltimore Ravens did good by getting some ride receivers for you know, Lamar Jackson. 
even though he runs a lot, but you got some young guys in there who's going to come in there. We got a couple of speedsters. You got Hollywood Brown from Oklahoma, and you got the receiver from Notre Dame that they picked up in the third round. Just some young guys to help him groom him. I like what Baltimore did. I like what Pittsburgh did, going out and getting Devin Bush. You know, they got a, some help from trading Antonio Brown. They got Dante Johnson. Got a couple of corners to help him out. I like what Pittsburgh did. Getting Devin Bush was key. You know, they really haven't replaced Ryan Shazier ever since he got hurt. So I think picking up Devin Bush was good for them. And I like what Cleveland has done. This team doesn't have a lot of needs. Cleveland is loaded. But they got Greedy Williams from LSU. They got another linebacker. I think, you know, the, the secondary is solid. I like what Cleveland's doing. This team didn't have too many needs. They got the offense taken care of. If the coach comes, I think that might be the only problem with Cleveland. If they coach, I still don't know if he's ready to be an NFL coach. But if he comes in here and is solid, I think Cleveland, you know, definitely could be a team to beat in the AFC. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, in the AFC South, I thought the Indianapolis Colts had a solid draft. What Chris Ballard's doing is amazing. They, you know, took care of all their needs, getting a corner. They got another linebacker, got another receiver to help out Hilton. You got to realize the Colts are still rebuilding. I know they made the playoffs last year, but they still, you know, traded out of the first round to get more picks to get more players in there. They're still a rebuilding team. I think they're ahead of schedule. I love their draft. And I liked what the Tennessee Titans did, getting a couple of wide receivers to help out Marcus Mariota. He just got to give him the ball. Can he do that? We'll see. It should be interesting. In the AFC West, I like what the Chargers did. You know, going out and getting Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame, getting another safety from Delaware, one of the best in the draft. This Charger defense is loaded. They might have one of the best defenses in the league next year. I'm calling it right now. I think the Chargers are going to have a top five defense next year. Uh, let's head over to the NFC. I like what the Falcons did, too, also. Getting a lot of offensive line help to help Matt Ryan. I think that was their problem last year. They really didn't get, you know, really have an offensive line to protect the quarterback. And that was kind of why they ended up not making the playoffs you know, after being a playoff team a couple of years in a row. So I like what they did. I like Atlanta's draft also. Um, one of the drafts I'm kind of like, I, I'm not going to say I hate it, but I just kind of don't understand it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't get me wrong. They got a good player in Devin White, the linebacker. And they really didn't. Their problem really wasn't offense. You know, they needed to get help on defense. But I think you needed to at least address the quarterback position, at least take a court. I mean, you can't put all your trust in Jameis Winston. You you let Ryan Fitzpatrick go. So your, your backup is like Ryan Griffin. I don't know who that is. So you're putting all your faith in Jameis Winston. I, I just don't know if I trust him to be a elite quarterback. He's a turnover. He's turnover prone. I think you would at least drafted a you know at least a third rounder on a quarterback. Drew Locke was still out there, a good quarterback from Missouri. They passed on him. They're gonna put all their trust in Jameis. He's just a turnover waiting to happen. And you know, he has those games where you look up and he has five interceptions and you know your backup is Ryan Griffin. 
I thought they should address to the quarterback. You don't want to pay him $25 million, especially if he has another average season. Maybe they want a quarterback next year's draft, Tua or the quarterback from Oregon. I don't know. Um, and they didn't address the running back position either. I don't know if I trust Peyton Barber and is it Robert Jones, his backup. I don't know if those are guys you want to go into camp with. Are those number one running backs? I just didn't understand that from Tampa. And they keep picking kickers, too. It seems like this is like the third straight year Tampa has taken a kicker in the in the draft. I mean, you keep wasting picks on kickers. I mean, usually you pick you can get a get good kicker by like an undrafted player or sign somebody in in free agency. I don't get why Tampa Bay keeps using draft picks on kickers, but it is what it is. Um In the NFC East, everybody's complaining about the New York Giants picking Daniel Jones with the sixth pick, which it might have been a little reach, but it's also reports saying that Washington or Denver would have took them. So if you like them, you take them right there. Um, I didn't have a problem with that. If he's going to be the guy, you might as well go on and you should have replaced Eli two, three years ago. So if you like what you got, Go ahead and take them right there. What I didn't like, I didn't like that they didn't address, like they trade Odell Beckham away, but they didn't really address the wide receiver position to the fifth round. I don't, I think they should have took a receiver earlier in the draft. I kind of had a problem with that, but you know, they know what they're doing and we'll see, you know, if it pays off for them. Uh, in the NFC North, I liked what the Minnesota Vikings did. You know, they finally, their issues were always have been like that offensive line. So they got that taken care of with a first round pick, getting the center. They addressed some of the issues on defense. They got another offensive guard in the third round. I like what Minnesota's doing. On paper, Minnesota's one of the most talented teams in the league. It's just that quarterback, Kirk Cousins. And don't even get me started on him. I'm in a good mood. Uh, but I like Minnesota. I think they had the best draft in the NFC North. And in the NFC West, I liked Arizona's draft. I liked uh, San Francisco's draft, getting Bosa. And they finally got a couple of receivers. You know, they got Debo Samuel out of South Carolina, you know, to give Jimmy G some weapons. I like what San Francisco doing. I think their defense is going to be one of the surprises of the year also. Um, Seattle. They needed, I don't I don't understand how they play Russell Wilson all this money. They still didn't address the offensive line. They really didn't, you know, that's what the problem has been. They, he's going to get killed out there. You give him all this money, he's always running for his life. You would think you would at least, you know, you know, take a offensive lineman in the first two, three rounds of the draft. They didn't do that. I think that's going to be the same issues they've been having, you know, from the get-go. It was a pretty good draft. Teams got better. It's too early to tell if teams got worse. A couple of teams took a couple of reaches. But my top three, my top three teams who I think had the best draft this year were the Indianapolis Colts, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Minnesota Vikings. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I can't wait to football season. Second round of the playoffs is underway in the NBA, and this should be a fun round. 
should be amazing basketball we're going to see in this second round of the playoffs. We done weeded out the, you know, the average teams, the Orlandos and the Brooklyns and the Detroits and, you know, teams like that. Starting to get down to the nitty gritty, the good teams. And it's going to be some good matchups. Let's start in the East. Let's start off with uh, Sixers and Raptors. This is going to be a good, exciting series. Great players on both teams. All-stars on both teams. Leonard. You got Embiid, Butler, Ben Simmons, Siakam. A lot of good players on both teams. Two or three matchup. Toronto has home court. I think Toronto has the perimeter players that match up against Philly. You know, you can put Leonard on Butler or Simmons, whichever one you want. Siakam can guard Butler or Simmons, you know, or you can put him on Tobias Harris. You know, you can throw Danny Green on any of them if you want to. When they got the matchup, with, they went out and got Mark Gasol, I think was a huge pickup going to get him to battle against Embiid. You don't get too much, you know, that's not too much of a drop-off when you go to Ibaka off the bench. It's not much of a drop-off. So I think Toronto has the players to match up against Philly. We're going to see how much Philly has grown from last year. I still don't know if Embiid is 100% or not even close to it. And he just, if he's just like a 50% Embiid, I give the Sixers no chance to win this series. But they definitely have the talent. But I think Toronto has the guys to match up with their talent. It's going to be a good series. You can throw Cal Lowry on J.J. Redick and really lose nothing defensively because Redick's not going to punish him inside. He's just going to go out there and take jump shots. If Lowry can push him off the three-point line, then he's doing his job. Uh, the coaching, I uh, think it's kind of neck and neck with Nick Nurse and Brett Brown. Uh, both two pretty good coaches. Neither one of them great. I think the Raptors have the advantage with the bench. You know, with Van Fleet and Ibaka coming off the bench. Powell coming off the bench, helping them out. I think it's going to be a good series. But I'm going to take the Toronto Raptors in six in six games, I got the Raptors winning this series. I don't think they really have a matchup for Kawhi Leonard. I think that would be the difference. And I got the Raptors winning this series, moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And the other Eastern Conference matchup, the 1-4 matchup, we got the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. This is a rematch from last year's first round matchup in the Eastern Conference, which Boston won in seven. Uh, so it, I think it's going to be different because I think Milwaukee has better coaching this year than they did last year. Last year's matchup, even though Kyrie and Gordon Hayward didn't play, the coaching uh, mismatch was just so, you know, it was just so obvious. You know, Milwaukee had the better team, but Boston had the better coaching. And that's, you know, that's what really, you know, determined that series. But this year, I think it's going to be a better series. I think, it, you know, just like last year, it still might go seven. Milwaukee has been the best team in the East all year. I think Brockton should come back sometime this series. They got Brooke Lopez, a pretty good bench. Boston got Kyrie playing this season. Hayward back. They starting to get their chemistry together by sweep, you know, coming off the sweep against the Indiana Pacers. Marcus Smart still going to be out this series. That's a, a huge loss with his defensive uh, intensity that, you know, somebody can guard Middleton, help out with the Greek freak. 
I think this is also going to be a long series, a good series. I'm going to take the Bucks in seven in this series. I think they've been the pretty much the best team in the East all year. Great three-point shooting team. Boston has been inconsistent. You know, you turn it on, you turn it off. I don't think you can play like that against a team like Milwaukee. So I think the Bucks will win this series in seven games. Milwaukee Bucks will head to the Eastern Conference Championships. I think they will win this game. And let's go over to the Western Conference. Let's start off with the Portland Trailblazers against the Denver Nuggets. I think this is also going to be, has the potential to be a long series, long competitive series, two good teams, two teams that, you know, at the beginning of the season, we didn't know could make it out the first round. Hell, we didn't know if they'd make the playoffs in the loaded West. But they both, you know, really been good. Denver's kind of overachieved. I always thought they were a year or two away. But, you know, their second seed in the West this year. You got the Jokic playing amazing. They got good players. Jamal Murray, you know, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, the veteran, still doing his thing. Going against Portland, who, you know, a five-game series, but it was a tough physical series with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Damian Lillard's just playing amazing. I mean, the what, what he did in that series against Oklahoma was nothing short of amazing. I just hope he, you know, has enough energy. He kind of seemed like he, you know, they kind of played him too much, I think, in that first round. Didn't give him too much time to breathe, to get it, you know, get some rest. So, they're going to need them even more against this Denver team because I think they're, you know, more disciplined and, you know, a little bit more structured than Oklahoma City. So I think this would definitely be tougher. They won't be bailed out with some of the mistakes Oklahoma City makes in close games. So I think it's going to be a tough series. He needs to get something, you know, he'll get his help from CJ, but he needs those other guys to kind of step up and help him out, especially if Cantor's not going to be 100%. We'll see how that goes. Like I said, I think Denver's a young team. You kind of saw that a little bit in the San Antonio series. I thought, kind of thought they, you know, if they were a veteran team or a little bit more experienced, that series would have been over, you know, quicker than it was. But they're still young, still learning how to win. And that's the toughest part about being a young team is learning how to win. Once you get your first series under your belt, they got the home court. That's what they need. You see how different they are from home and away. That's another, you know, example of being a young team. You're amazing at home, and you look like an average team on the road. That's been Denver all season. I think it will ultimately come down to the home court advantage. I think Denver has better players. You know, we get past the all-stars and the superstars, and we just look at the role players. I think Denver has better players, better role players. They have the home court. I'm going to take the Nuggets to win this series in seven games. I got the Denver Nuggets. For the first time in 10 years, advancing to the Western Conference Finals, I got them beating the Portland Trailblazers in seven games. And the matchup we've all been waiting for. You know, it's kind of earlier than what we thought, but it's the Houston Rockets against the Golden State Warriors. I wanted it in the Western Conference Finals, but we get it in the semifinals long as we get it. This is going to be an amazing series. Two great offensive teams. They had an amazing seven-game series last year, and I don't expect it to be any different than what we got last year. Houston, they're finally starting to get healthy. They struggled earlier in the season. That's why they got this fourth seed instead of playing Golden State now, instead of, you know, having to play them in the conference final because they got off to such a slow start. But they're getting, you know, they're getting right at the right time. They're getting hot at the right time. They dispatched a good Utah team in five games. I think this, you know, they got the ingredients, which, you know, has just always been health 
and shot selection with Houston. Last year, I think they had Golden State on the ropes. They just didn't, you know, they just didn't go for the knockout. They kept on jacking up threes when they, you know, you missed 27 three-point shots. At some point, the coach has to call a timeout and say, hey, we're not going to shoot any more threes. James Harden, has to, as the leader, has to be like, okay, let me get to the, you know, hole. Let me get to the free throw line. Let me do something. Houston just kind of dropped the ball. They didn't have the leader out there. Chris Paul, I, I give you that. But if he stays healthy, he seems like he's the smart one between the, the three of them, Paul, D'Antoni, and Harden, even though, you know, Paul is not the player he used to be, but just having him out there, having that quarterback out there, you need that to slow the team down. Hey, let's do something else. Call a good play. Get some structure and some poise. That's what they didn't have in those last two games last year when Paul got hurt. They got that this year. We'll see how it goes. The Golden State Warriors, I mean, same song and dance, world champs. You got to beat them, you know. You're eventually going to have to beat them. They're not going to give it to you. They struggled a little bit against the Clippers. I think it was more of them looking past the Clippers and not respecting the Clippers and actually, like, struggling. But they're going to have their antennas up for this series. Houston's been talking a lot of stuff all season, waiting for this matchup. It should be a good one. The way Kevin Durant is playing right now, it's hard to bet against the Warriors. It's just hard to bet against the way he's playing right now. He's taking his game to another level. If he hasn't already been great, he's looked even greater. So it's going to be a good series. I think this is another series. I think that's going to go seven games. I think it's going to go seven games. Golden State has home court. I think the Warriors will win this game in seven. I got the Golden State Warriors advancing to the Western Conference Finals, beating a game Houston Rockets team. is going to be tough. It could go either way. I wouldn't be shocked if Houston won this series. I just don't think they will. I got the Golden State Warriors winning. Should be a great second round of basketball. My biggest disappointment in the first round of the NBA playoffs, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, they were the only team that was favorite and lost in the first round. They lost in five games to the Portland Trailblazers, which I don't think Portland would have beat any other team in the Western Conference in five games. And it's just kind of disappointing with the talent that the Thunder have, and they just keep underachieving every year. I don't know where to start with this team. It's had me to the point where I'm like ready to give up on Russell Westbrook on as you know winning a championship and being a championship player. I mean, his decision making down the stretch of games leaves you scratching your head and wondering what the hell is he thinking. I mean, he shoots 31 times in the game five loss. I mean, there's another game he was five for 20. He just gonna keep on Jack. Paul George had it going in game five and he. He shoots 11 more shots than him. It just, it's just frustrating. You, you know what? And I was one of those guys who was on Kevin Durant for leaving. But you kind of look at him and say, you know, I can't even blame you no more. Like I, I understand after after this series, it was, that was might have been my last straw. I don't like him going to Golden State. Let's get that correct. Not going to Golden State, but getting away from Westbrook, I completely understand. 
I completely understand. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you don't see it growing or going nowhere, same old stuff every year, you get out of the relationship. For Kevin Durant to stick around, it would have been insane. It would have been insanity. Keep on sticking around and the same thing is going on. It's not getting better. So I kind of understand why KD left. Just don't like who he went to. Paul George signed a four-year, 137-year million-dollar contract to stay in Oklahoma when he had offers on the table to go to Los Angeles. I don't know if he's kicking himself in the foot now. It's only his first year. I understand that of the contract, but I mean, your point guard, that's the one person on the court that's supposed to have self-awareness on what's going on. What do we need here? Let's slow it down. We got a lead. Let's run this play here. You just don't ever see no play call with Oklahoma City. And that's just the frustration. You got to put that on the point guard and the head coach. I mean, for them to blow a 15-point lead in a closeout game with six minutes left, it's just unexcusable. You either got to blame the coach or the point guard for those situations. You got to get your team to get a good shot. You got to run some clock. And they just completely choked and fell apart. Billy Donovan, I never was sold on him as an NBA coach. He's a great college coach. You know, he can motivate the young guys. and They're looking up to him. And But NBA players making all this money. If you don't have that, you know, you don't have that. You know, that manly, let's go, you know, got leader mentality, you know, get the troops to go behind you. I don't think professionals are really going to, you know, go for that. You know, you got to capture the room when you're dealing with professionals. And Billy Donovan's soft-spoken. He seems like he's easy to run over. And I think that's what Westbrook has done. I kind of think that's what the Thunder have done. I don't think you need that type of coach with Westbrook. You need somebody who he can respect, who's going to get in his face, who's going to take him out when he does, makes mistakes. And... And until Oklahoma City does that, they're going to be in the same situation every year. One and done. Okay regular season, but one and done. I don't see them, you know, with this team, you know, right now constructed doing anything in the Western Conference. You give Steven Adams $100 million and he averaged six points and six rebounds, you know, in the series against Portland. He was more of a liability out there than Cantor was for the, you know, that you thought that would be the mismatch. And he's the one who couldn't play in the fourth quarters because he couldn't stop, you know, Lillard and the Blazers in the pick and roll. It's just, you know, I don't know what's going on in Oklahoma City. I'm disappointed. I thought this team could go far, maybe challenge the Warriors. And I was fooled. Uh, Paul George, I don't think he's completely healthy. We're going to hear some stories within the next couple of months that he's going to have surgery on that shoulder because... He was just complete like he had on the, you know, body suitors. I don't know what it was he had around his shoulders, but he's not 100%. What do you do? You know, you got so much money tied into all these players. There's really nothing you can do to improve the team. You got shooting guards starting Ferguson. He's giving you two and three points, and, and but getting killed at the other end. It's a lot of work to be done in Oklahoma City. I don't know where they go from here, but it's got to start with Westbrook being a better point guard. But, I mean, you know the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. This is his 11th year in the NBA. He pretty much is who he is at this point. And, you know, does Paul George regret this? Will it be a coaching change? You know, I think they pretty much met their ceiling. They, to me, they're just going to be a first-round 
one and done team in the next future unless something, you know, miraculously happens. And I don't see it right now. Thunder for the third straight year, done in the first round. Until next time, I'll holler at y'all.